If you have your Bibles, let's open those to the book of Luke chapter 13. We're going to be in verse 18 through 21 this morning as we continue our time and our series in the book of Luke. I want to read that. I want to pray for us. And in, in praying as we get started, first, good morning to everybody, Facebook family. Uh, glad that y'all are here. Love y'all. If you need anything, holler. Um, we also want to pray for Sherry Pennington. She's having shoulder replacement, full shoulder replacement uh, this week on Tuesday. Uh, so we're going to be in prayer for her uh, that all of that will go well. This has been something she's been looking towards having for a little while. And we, we just want her to receive all the benefits of that procedure and none of the none of the potential issues or side effects. Right. So let's read our text this morning. There in Luke 13 and starting in verse 18, it says, then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden and it grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. He also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread, even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We ask that you open our eyes to it today. Teach us and train us in the way that we should go, that we'll get a better perspective of you from your word today. I thank you that it's alive and it's active and it's for us individually. I thank you that you can use it to minister to us directly at the heart level exactly what we need, even if it be different from the person sitting right next to us. I thank you that you are well able to do that. Lord, we pray for Sherry as she goes into surgery this week. Thank you, Lord, for a spirit of faith upon her. We join in agreement with her. Uh, Lord, that she won't be afraid, worried, concerned, uh, that none of those uh, will have sway in her heart. But I thank you that she'll be strong in you and in the power of your mind, that she'll have favor uh, with everyone that she comes into contact with every step of the way. I thank you, Lord God, that you see her through that, that you give everyone who's going to touch her or have to do with her uh, wisdom and grace as they do it. And Lord, that we, we, we pray that she receive all the benefits of this procedure, increased motion and range in the name of Jesus without any of the side effects or ill effects that can come from that. We thank you for your goodness in her life and we call her blessed in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is teaching and he says, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I describe it to you? And he's been going about preaching the kingdom, right? That, that's from the beginning of Luke when he started preaching. It says he goes about preaching the good news of the kingdom. And remember, when we talk about kingdom, we're not talking about a physical location. It's not square footage or acreage. It's not, you know, the 400,000 acres left of the sea. What the kingdom is referring to is the area where the king has dominion. King, dominion, kingdom, where the king rules, the area that he has authority over. And obviously Jesus being the king, the coming Messiah is preaching that the kingdom of heaven is now at hand. It, it's the place where he will have dominion, rule, reign, where he will be Lord. And we, we, we've done a lot of talking about what that word means. And he says, what does it look like? 
What does it look like and how can I best illustrate it to you? And he gives them two very short examples, one about a mustard seed and one about yeast or yours translation may say leaven. And remember in their hearing where their mind would have been when he first started talking about this, when Jesus showed up, when the Messiah showed up, their expectation was that he would be a military leader that would retake the kingship of Israel to defeat their enemies, rebuild the walls, and then have a kingdom set up there in Jerusalem as there had been before, back in the Old Testament, King David, all of the line of kings there, that's what they expected, that they were going to get like King David, but better, that he was going to win and not have any issues like David had. So that, that's what they're expecting, is that he'll bring peace and justice to the people of Israel and rule from Jerusalem. A king like David, a deliverer like Moses, a prophet like Elijah, that he would set up a kingdom, a palace, a throne that he would sit on and he would be the king of Israel, that he would defeat the Romans, that he would defeat all of their enemies and that there would be peace in their land. And their mindset on it was completely earthly. You know, you can't blame them for it. That was all that they knew. That was the best they knew to expect. And this is the beginning of Jesus working to correct their expectations to lovingly correct that and reveal to them how big of a deal this is actually going to be. This isn't going to look like what you think it's going to look like, but hold on, it's going to be better. And he's teaching them what the kingdom of heaven is like. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and he planted in his garden. And then this tiny seed, when it Grew, it became a tree big enough that birds could come and nest in its branches. And so he said, This, the kingdom is like a mustard seed, which means it's starting out very small, very seemingly insignificant. You know, Jesus from Nazareth, what, what good can come out of Nazareth, they used to say, right? He called 12 disciples, not all stars by any means. He didn't go get leaders in the community. It was a hodgepodge of men who, who, who some were working, some were, you know, doing other things, rebelling against the, the Roman government. They, they all had different mindsets. But again, none of them were at the top of social structure. If you were starting a new government, they wouldn't be the crew you would go and round up. If you needed to catch fish, they may be some of them you would go and round up, even though we found out there was part of it where maybe they weren't as good at it as they needed to be. But again, so 12 disciples, hodgepodge group of ordinary people. So you got Jesus from Nazareth, this group of 12 people. But then you fast forward. We're, we're talking about the kingdom beginning insignificant and then growing to something uh, much larger than they ever could have imagined. Jesus, 12 disciples, you fast forward after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, his ascension back to the right hand of the Father. That group had grown, not as much as you would have thought it had grown by that time over three years of Jesus' ministry on the earth, but it had grown, and in the book of Acts tells us there were 120 people in the upper room at Pentecost, and the promise of the Spirit, the power that would come so that they could be his witnesses in all the nations fell and uh, the the kingdom the church grew rapidly and immediately that day the first sermon 3000 people were 
converted and it continued to spread from there through the ages across the world from nation to nation, from age to age. And now there's more than two and a half billion people on the planet that say that they are Christians. Two and a half billion that started from 12 that became 120 that went to 3000 and kept going from there. And that's just the ones on the planet alive today. Obviously, we know there's been multitudes that have gone on ahead of us, passed on from this life. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It starts out so small and tiny. He said, but it's going to grow and overtake anyone's estimation of what it could be. Remember, they thought it would be their nation, their city, their people. And he's just thinking in himself has to be. No, 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 no. This is going across the whole world. And we always want to take some time to step back and look at the breadth and the width and the enormity of the kingdom of God, the power of the kingdom, that it could cross continents and traditions, that it could cross nationalities and ethnicities and spread truly like a mustard seed, small in the beginning, inconspicuous. I mean, it seems like there's nothing special about it. Like, what is this? It's just a guy, do, you know, he's just teaching things. He's healing some sick, but yeah, it's just inconspicuous, small Thing, not even clearly visible most of the time, not attracting attention to itself, but it's full of power to produce what it promises. That's the kingdom. It's pervasive, which means it's spreading everywhere that it goes. Everywhere that it goes, even though there have been many, many, many who appeared to be strong and mighty who tried to stop it, who tried to keep it from spreading, who tried to kill it, even at the beginning, there have been many that have tried to stop it, and yet it continues to spread. Empires that tried to stop it have fallen and become ruins and no longer exist, but the kingdom pervades and prevails and continues to exist and expand. And it's not because it's always been cool and hip, right? To be a Christian, to be a Christ follower. There are plenty of times in church history where they were persecuted, fed to the lions, put in front of firing squads. Decap we see that across the world today. Christians continuing to be persecuted and killed by those who would try to stop the kingdom and yet it doesn't stop. It continues to grow and abound and expand by the power that it contains on the inside of itself and it will continue to grow still. He's not done and it's not on us to keep this thing propped up. It contains in itself the kingdom, the power to produce what it promises. The seed grows into a tree and produces life, also producing more seed that produces more tree, more life expanding out. It's massive to think about and to consider the power and the scale of the kingdom over time. And yet it's also extremely personal. It's at an individual level. And I believe that Jesus was speaking to the seed of the kingdom growing with what would be culturally, globally touching the nations. But he knew and was also teaching that it begins in the heart of each one.
There's a personal relationship with the kingdom in our own heart and life. Because think about it, even a movement that contains two and a half billion people, you had to touch that heart first. If it's not in the heart of that person, they're not in there. And so it's in each heart, but it expands on such a massive global level. And, and you can see it in the parable of the mustard seed. You can also see it in the parable of the yeast, the parable of the leaven. When it says, what else is the kingdom of God like? It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread, even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, enough for three loaves of bread, I guess. It permeated every part of the dough. So that leaven, again, usually yeast is just a teeny tiny microorganism. Very, very small. And it says, even though the woman only put a little bit in there, only a little bit and enough dough for three loaves of bread, it permeated the whole thing. It spread throughout it, every part. Again, it's pervasive. It's moving. It's spreading. That, that yeast and that leaven, just like the kingdom, is a change agent. As it's making its way through, it's changing everything that it comes into contact with at a chemical level. At, at the very base level, it's changing things. And again, it's a picture of the kingdom on a grand scale and also the kingdom change in our hearts and our minds. Again, just that little microscopic level, start just very small, can't even see it. And it makes its way in and then it permeates everything about us. And again, the, the change in the heart is what brings about the change on the global level, the large scale. It's each life individually being changed, converted, and the kingdom saturating that life. The kingdom is permeating, growing, spreading, changing, and bearing fruit. Now, you notice something about both of these parables that they have in common. Obviously, there's many things that they have in common, but, but one thing often goes unnoticed, and that's that there's a person in both of them. In both of these parables, there's a person involved. What, what is the kingdom like? It's like a mustard seed that a man planted in his garden. What else is the kingdom like? It's like yeast that a woman used in making bread. All of the parables, and I found this, it was an old note that I had written. I had to double check to make sure I wasn't wrong when I wrote it down. That all of the parables that Jesus spoke that said the kingdom of heaven is like this, all of them involved people. A person, multiple people, human beings, all of them, every single one of them. I went back through again to double check. What was I writing that when he said the kingdom of heaven is like he said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field that a man found. When he said the kingdom of heaven is like the pearl of great price that a merchant sold everything he had to buy that pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a, a businessman, a king who decided to settle accounts. The kingdom of heaven is like a master who hired laborers for the day. The kingdom of heaven is like. The master that decided he would have a feast, wedding feast for his son. The kingdom of heaven is like 10 virgins, remember, with their lamps. Every single one of the times he used that phrase to begin a parable, it all had, 
They all had people involved. And there's a pattern there. Now, that doesn't mean it depends on the people for the kingdom to, to grow and expand and operate. But it does mean that it involves the people, especially in these two parables. So it's like a man who took a seed and planted it in his garden. It's like a woman who put leaven into the dough when she was making bread. Now, where is the power? The power in each of those situations is in the seed and in the leaven, right? There's power in the seed. There's power in the leaven. But we're invited to be involved. And again, the global growth of the kingdom is based on the kingdom growth in the hearts of individual men and women. Jesus made it available and possible for the seed of the kingdom, the, the, the leaven to be planted, to be hidden in the hearts of those 12 first. And then the 120 people next that were there at Pentecost. And it grew and it permeated based on the power that it contained in itself. One heart at a time. One heart at a time. When we came to Christ, we, we came small and insignificant and sinful and powerless to be anything but. But he forgives the sin of those who repent, call on the Lord, call him Lord. And he gives us the kingdom. He gives it to us like a seed. He gives it to us like leaven, like yeast to cultivate in our life. And a grain of mustard seed size of his grace dropped into your heart on the ground, the soil of your heart that he has prepared to receive it. We can't even imagine all that will come from it. If you've been in Christ for any length of time, you wouldn't have been able to imagine at the beginning where you are just right now. And then just imagine where he will take us from here. Just like the yeast, just like the seed, the power that it contains begin to, begins to grow and spread. And he doesn't replace us, but he changes us from the inside out. Scripture says, by the power of the Holy Spirit into the image of the Son of God. That we used to live for ourselves, but more and more we live for him. We used to think that we knew best, but more and more we fall in love with what he says about life in the way that we should live. We used to be selfish and more and more our love for him over ourselves directs us to love others. And we used to live for our own pleasure and joy, but more and more we realize and understand that the truest joy, the deepest satisfaction that we can experience is going to come from glorifying him and making much of him. Amen. And then for the rest of our life, with the kingdom being tended in our own hearts, growing and expanding in our life through its own power, our involvement, but its power, it grows more and more, changing us from the inside out. And if you've just come to faith in Christ recently, you can be down on yourself because, or maybe you just recently decided, hey, I, I, I knew about Christ, I experienced that, but I've, I've recently decided to follow him with passionate purpose. You can look at that small seed in your life and compare it to somebody else who, who has already turned into a tree, birds nesting in the branches, everything's big and grand and going great, and you just kind of like, 
got this, right? But we can't despise where we are because some of that's just timing, right? Tending over many years. But the same kingdom power that brought about that in their life is contained in that seed of faith, the seed of the kingdom that he has given to you. And also, as, as we mature in the kingdom, we can never forget that the power comes from him. The power comes from the seed, like the song that we sang. When I'm doing well, help me never seek a crown. Because my reward is giving glory to you. All the power, all the ability has come from him. It's in the seed. We can't make a seed grow. Did you know that? And you may think, oh, I can make a seed grow. You can't make a seed grow. It does that. All we can do is keep it from growing. We can't make a seed grow. All we can do is keep it from growing. I love Danny's example that he uses. You probably have it in your Bible today, don't you? Your seed packet. You got your seed packet in your Bible? Here's a packet of seeds. A few years old now, he, he figured up. And you know how many, it's tomatoes, I think. You know how many tomatoes it's grown? None. It's grown no tomatoes. It's a packet of seeds that has the ability on the inside of it to grow tomato plants that will produce tomatoes. And it's produced none. Why? Because he's kept it from growing. It's still in the package. It's just sitting in his Bible as a great example of, of how this works. You can't make a seed grow. You can just keep it from growing. You say, well, I can plant it. I can water it. I can do all this and it'll grow. You're still not making it grow. It's making itself grow. All you can do is remove it from any opportunity to grow. The seed has in itself the power to produce what it's designed to produce. We can't make it grow, but we can make it not grow in our life. We can't make the kingdom grow in our life, but we can keep it from growing. And I'll tell you what I mean. In the book of Galatians, chapter six and verse seven, it says, don't be deceived. God's justice will not be mocked. You will harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest death and decay from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. What it's saying is what we cultivate in our life is what will come to bear in our life. What we plant in our life is what will grow in our life. We can grow the kingdom, see the kingdom grow in our life, or we can keep it from growing. How do we keep it from growing? We continue to sow and plant to the sinful nature that we live only to satisfy that sinful nature. Then the kingdom is not going to grow in our life. The kingdom begins to grow when we cultivate it in our life. And we choose every day what we cultivate in our life. Is it kingdom or self? Is it me or him? What's most important? We cultivate that in our life on a daily basis. Again, the kingdom is like a seed that a man took and planted. The kingdom is like yeast that a woman put into three measures of flour to make bread. It has its own power in it. The seed, even when you bury it under the ground, the power brings it back up. The leaven, the yeast, when you bury it under all of that dough, all of that flour, 
It's vastly outnumbered, and yet it permeates the whole thing and changes it. What it was buried under, it changes and converts to be like it. It begins to permeate it and change it. I'm almost done. Andrew, if you want to go ahead and come up so we can get ready to sing together here in a moment. But Jesus said that the kingdom is like a mustard seed. The kingdom is like leaven. And, and his life here exemplified that. Again, he was unlikely to be the Messiah. It was like Jesus of Nazareth. What good can come out of Nazareth? He was inconspicuous. And yet he was buried underneath the weight of the world and the power of the kingdom brought forth the life and the change in a measure that was shocking. That death had to, like we talked about last week, death had to give him back. He took himself down to the greatest vulnerability that we could ever experience. And then he made death give him back. That is the kingdom. It will grow and spread. It will be pervasive through hearts and for generations of all who believe all the way up until present day. We can get so occupied with ourselves that we forget all that has come before us, all that the kingdom has prevailed over, endured through, conquered to get to where it is today. Again, it doesn't need us to prop it up. And what grows in us will grow out of us. You think about the seed, you think about the leaven. What grows in us will grow out of us and it will affect others. That kingdom growth will affect others. Use the seed example, the leaven example. When a seed grows, it produces some sort of fruit. Not fruit, could be best, but you know, some sort of product from that growth. And in that product, as a part of that growth, is contained the very same seed to reproduce that growth all over again. And so when you bear the fruit of Christian testimony in your life, others are going to benefit from that. And they're going to find in that benefit the same seed that grew it in you to start with. And then it can be passed on because trees don't eat their own fruit, right? Trees bear fruit and then others eat of it and the seed is spread. And the kingdom in this example is advanced. Same thing with the leaven. I still don't know how it works, but it does because it has power on the inside of it to affect change. And the same power that has changed us is ready to be planted in the next heart. Is ready to grow in the next heart. We don't have the ability, the kingdom contains in itself the ability. The choice we have is whether or not we allow it to grow in our life. What are we cultivating in our life? Because again, we can keep something from growing. We can't make it grow, but we can keep it from growing. And we can do the things in life that are going to cultivate the kingdom in our heart, in our mind. We can pursue him in the scripture. We can pursue him in prayer. We can pursue him in worship and in fellowship service with the body of Christ. And those things, it's nothing new. But those things cultivate the kingdom in our life and its power begins to spread and change us from the inside out. 
and we become a part of what's been going on for 2,000 years. Those are the choices we have every day. And each day, just like with a seed growing, it may be hard to notice a difference on a daily basis, right? If you've ever done that, sometimes it doesn't come up out of the ground for a few weeks. And then it's just a little bit. And then it starts to grow on a day-to-day basis. It's hard to notice a difference. But when you cultivate the kingdom in your life with discipline and regularity, and then you look back over five years, and you look back over 10 years, and 15 and 20 years to see where you were and to see where the kingdom has brought you to, it's amazing. To remember how it started and what it is now and what his goal is to bring it to, you'll look back and praise God for the seed of the kingdom. It advances globally across the world, but it does it by each individual heart. And it contains within itself, just like the seed and just like the leaven, the power to bring about what it said that it would. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me? I want to pray over this as we get ready to go today. And then Andrew's going to lead us in singing as we as we leave. Father, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth in our individual hearts as it is in heaven. God, I thank you for the power that you've promised us in the kingdom, that you have given something to us that begins on the inside, seemingly small and insignificant, hard to notice a daily change. But as we cultivate that kingdom lifestyle in our life it begins to grow and not only that it begins to change us from the inside out i thank you that you not you have not only saved us but you are sanctifying us you are changing us into the image of jesus christ by the power of your holy spirit individually corporately god and globally as your kingdom continues to spread, that we would always be in awe of that, of what you have done, that you have won nations without lifting a sword, that you have won hearts without leveraging them unlawfully. You've only offered grace. God, that that would be the proof to us that the kingdom is our true calling because it begins in us so insignificant and small, but faith in that kingdom seed growing on the inside of us changes our whole life. And I thank you that as we have the opportunity and the ability to look back and to see where you've brought us to, we know that we're not home yet. We know that we're not done yet. We know that we're not perfect by any means, but you have brought us to this point and we know that you'll be with us as we carry on. Father, thank you for your church as we get ready to go today that we leave in peace and unity together with one another. God, keep us safe, protect your people. Lord, relieve us of this virus and its threat upon our population. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And I ask that our our hearts will turn to you in repentance and in trust, asking for forgiveness and seeking your will and your way. And we ask again that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.